Welcome to another episode of Not Cool. Uh, today, my guest, I'm really excited about because I actually got to see him at Magic Castle last night in his show. Murray the Magician is here Hello. with me today. Thank I'm you not for having cool. me. Thanks for coming to my show. The first magician slash comedian. Yes. I've had. Appreciate that. Yeah. I, I feel very honored. I feel this is, you know, we're breaking the ice for the magic world. Look at this. Well. Funny magician, see? Yeah, but so we're at the comedy store, and I think yeah, you have history at the comedy store. Yeah, I remember years ago, in my early 20s, I had my show at the Frontier Hotel in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Had no idea how to headline a show in Vegas. I got offered it when I was 28, and I did magic, just magic. And uh, this is when reality TV was starting to come in. I remember seeing William Hung. I don't know if you remember him or not. Yes, yes. On American Idol. Yes. And he he sang he sang She Bang. She Bang. I was like, right? she we all bang, know that, right? She yeah. Bang. Yeah. She bang. It's like yeah. pop culture, right? <laughs> yeah. And here's this guy who can't sing, really famous, getting like fifty thousand dollars a corporate show, and he had no talent. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And I had like twenty awards. I was a world champ magician, selling hardly a hundred <laughs> tickets in Vegas. And I thought, wait a minute, what's what's this reality thing going on? So all of a sudden, I realized I need to get on TV more. And to get on TV as a magician is almost impossible because mm -hmm. there's only one or two magicians ever famous at one time. But comedians, they're all over the place, like singers. Yeah. So I thought I need to figure out how to be funny. I was funny off camera, like you know, just my friends. But as you know, that's a whole different art form. So I thought I got to learn how to be funny without the tricks. Yeah. So I would drive in on my days off and do the the potlucks on. Monday, pull out the ticket, I'd wait here, and I'd also go to the Laugh Factory down the street as well and do all the different ones, and I'd get maybe picked, maybe not, and I'd have like 10 jokes, nine would bomb, and one would maybe get a laugh, <laughs> so I'd take that back to Vegas, yeah. put it in my show, and that's how I started collecting jokes for my magic show, you know, but yeah, it's uh, we talked yesterday, but it's it takes a lot to go up there and bomb nine times and figure out that one joke, if you're lucky, but that's a big win, for me, that's 10% laughs when you're starting out, that's... That's that's you know that's a good thing sometimes and then all of a sudden you have a show hopefully yeah hopefully but so magic came before comedy oh yeah I started magic when I was like seven years old okay so so yeah. I know for myself when I when I hear when I watch a magician I mean it's magical it's a magical experience because <laughs> it, it, be. <laughs> it well for people who don't do sure, magic which yeah, is the majority of the yeah, world <laughs> you're right yes well because yeah. it brings me back to like oh when I was a kid I had like disappearing ink I was like bitch yes. I'm a magician you know yep. <laughs> so and everybody all kids I think go through that stage of like they get you know or the peanut thing where you unscrew it, the right. snake pops out it's not yeah. magic but it's like sure it's a surprise surprise <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but then eventually, you know, I know for myself, we, you know, move on and you're like, okay, mm. that was fun. You get on to the next thing. That's right. So for you, it stuck. So yeah. what, what was the, what was the thing that made you be like, oh, like this is something I, I mean, magic. Is so it was unique. strange. You know, I always, I'm an only child, not by choice. My parents always wanted more kids. They just were stuck with me and I had always <laughs> older parents. So my dad was 43 when he had me. My mom was around 36. So I grew up with old TV, meaning I watched Lucille Ball and I watched the Lawrence Welk show, which goes way back. I don't know if anyone knows that. Um, um, and all these older shows that I thought, well, they have such a brand. Phyllis Diller, you know, people I grew up with. And I thought, man, they, even if they weren't famous, they look like they should be famous, you know? Right. Liberace and Howard Stern, of course, was later in the 80s. But so I thought, well, that's kind of cool. And so when I started, I started dancing professionally at age five. So I trained ballet for 11 years and I danced Ukrainian dancing, Russian with those big red pants. Because I'm half Ukrainian and half Scottish. I mean, you can't write that, right? I mean, I should, that's how I should start doing comedy. Maybe I walk out in the Russian outfit. <laughs> Everything um, is so niche. Right, yeah, right? And I played the accordion, which is like, wow. Talk about, I mean... 
I'm surprised I even got married if somebody liked me. But anyways, the point <laughs> is, I, uh, I, so I did all this stuff because of my heritage. And then, um, as, and I did talent shows like we all do, like community talent shows or school talent shows. So I play the accordion, I dance. And then when I was around seven or eight, my birthday is November 25th, of course, Christmas of the year, a month later. So my uncle Nan always said, what do you want? And I never knew what I want because I, I really didn't need anything, you know. And I wasn't spoiled, but I just never wasn't that kid that needed stuff. But I, so I'd open up the old Sears catalog, dating myself because there's no internet then. And I'd go through it, seeing what I'd like. I didn't know what I wanted. Yeah. And so one thing was a magic kit, along with a boat and a car and a bunch of other <laughs> stuff, which I never got. Um, so I got a magic kit. And, and it stuck for a little while when I was a kid, but it lasted for 20 seconds mm -hmm. if you're a kid. And at 13, I got another magic kit, and that was the one that stuck. And I thought... This is kind of cool, fooling somebody. I see how it's being done, but your perspective is look like it looks something different. And I thought, right. that's amazing. How can you? And that was the hardest thing. Because you know when you're doing a joke, yeah. you already know the punchline. So you're trying to hold yourself back, especially when you know it's a really funny line and you're just kind of just pacing yourself and then you get the big laugh. Magic's like that. You see what they're not going to see yet. Mm -hmm. And then you hit them and hopefully it works and they don't see what they're not supposed to see. So yeah. then magic, you obviously got to hide a little more than just what you're going to say. Right. Um, so I loved, I loved the reaction to that. And then I started doing kids' birthday parties. My dad would drive me around a little table and my little, oh, oh yeah, all that stuff. How and old were yeah, you? I was 13. The kids were like 11. I'm like, I was so much older. And I was doing these kids' birthday parties. As a kid, I thought, what am I doing? Uh, but I'd make like 50 bucks a show, and I'd do three or four in a weekend. So at 13 or 14, making a couple hundred bucks from doing magic, I thought, this is kind of cool, you know? So that's kind of how it all started, and then I'm still doing it. Still, you know, still fooling them. Still doing <laughs> Don't have to get a real job yet. <laughs> no big deal <laughs> right? in Vegas. Yeah. No big, yeah, sure. Right. So you're from Canada. Yes, Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah, Burnaby, actually, but it's kind of like saying, you know, Hollywood, L.A., it's like, that's how close they are. So. Yeah. And you said your dad drove here. Were, were, mm -hmm. were your parents always supportive of this? They were like, this is... Yeah. yeah, they were. My dad, so, you know, my, my whole family uh, worked in the railway. They're a railway family. It's a very blue collar. Uh, and it's a real, it was a really solid job back then. You know, you worked for 35 years, got a pension plan, the stereotypical thing, like working for General Electric or one of those jobs. So that's what my dad had in mind for me, you know, get a real job and all that stuff. Mm. But they also loved that I did other things. Because anytime I said something to my parents, like, I want to play soccer or baseball or accordion, seconds later, I'd have an accordion in my hand. Or I'd have a baseball bat. Because they were like, okay, let's go play soccer. Next Saturday morning, I'm kicking a ball. I'm like, why am I kicking a ball? Well, you mentioned it last week. I said, all right. Um, so sports never sat well with me, um, just because I just wasn't that athletic. But uh, but the arts did. So I just, anything I liked, I kind of got into it. And they supported. My mom was more supportive. And she's still around. My dad passed about seven years ago. And he, um, but he was always like, yeah, but you know, that you still could do the, you know, you still could. So I went and got a degree in radio and television just to appease them, because I thought, well, it's it's a real job, yeah. it's a degree, and um, I can fall back on it if I had to. And so I went to school for that while I still did magic, and at that point, I was already 19, 20. I had a Yellow Pages ad, I was already booking other acts out of my little bedroom that I had in the basement, because I couldn't, I learned how to get a Yellow Page ad, and, and because I wanted to get first in the Yellow Page ad, I was Marie the Magician, but I wanted to get the, the first line in the Yellow Pages, so I went, ah, 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 Marie the Magician, so the three A's would put me at the very top. Yeah. So I learned all these little tricks, you know, yep. and then when I was 13, I had a paper route <laughs> and I would get half a cent more if I put a Sears flyer in there, Dillard's or Macy's because it was heavier mm -hmm. and everyone got a flyer. So at the time we had the Commodore 64, so I printed off a flyer, mm -hmm. which I'm really dating myself now. And we could only print one thing off because it was on the dot matrix printers. So I'd go up to Kinko's, which wasn't Kinko's in Canada, it was called Speedy or something. I'd print 280 of these off. <laughs> so I'd stuff them in the newspaper as well, Murray's Magic Show. 
So as I'm delivering my papers, I could promote myself as well. And then in the fall, I put I could rake your leaves for 50 bucks. I could cut your grass in the summer and I could shovel your snow. So I just used this as a great market as I got paid to deliver flyers. And I just thought, why not? Sears is doing it. So is Dillard's. So I, I don't know where I got that idea from, but I just thought, well, yeah. So I've always kind of had that. How do I make money outside of the, the system? You know what I mean? So, so yeah. So here I am now talking to you at the comedy <laughs> store. See, that, that paper delivery paid off. See. No, it's amazing. Okay. The amount of drive and ambition you had at such a young age. I mean, I was Strange, smoking right? a six-foot bong in a... <laughs> Good for you. A, see, now I'm doing that now. A, see, I did that later shed. in life. See, I saved that for later. See, <laughs> I'm still catching up to what I should have been doing. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, we just reversed. Well, it's yin-yang thing, right? No, I'm in, I mean, yeah. it's impressive. Yeah. It's really impressive. So, obviously... You have a style, right? <laughs> Maybe. So, well, th no, because all magicians, and we were talking yeah. a little bit last night mm -hmm. when, as you're performing at the Magic Castle, if you live in Los Angeles, go to the Magic Castle, see Murray the Magician. How long are you here for? I'm here till um, Sunday night. Till Sunday. And I'm back in Vegas on Monday. We have two shows in Vegas on Monday night. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so I'm here for the week. Okay. Very yeah. special. It's a very, how often right. do you come here? I'm not. I come to LA often because my publicist and management and agents are all here. Yeah. So I'm in LA probably once or twice a week. Sometimes, sometimes I'm not for a few weeks, um, just because my, my schedule. But most of the time, I'm here at least a couple times a month. Always, you know, not always working. It's usually meetings or yeah. pitching something or whatever the case is. You know, because it's so close. Yeah, because yeah. you're so lazy. Yeah, I'm so lazy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I run my bike down the I-15 <laughs> all the way here. I don't <laughs> think you want it enough. Is what I'm. That's what it is. Exactly. I'm going to work on that. I'll work on that next. <laughs> time I come back for your pocket, I'll more drive. <laughs> so, and, and it's, so you came across your style. How did you come across? Because I think magicians like David Copperfield and they all do the, there's mm -hmm. a style with the hands and everybody has their own style. Like um, we were talking about Carrot Top. Carrot mm -hmm. Top is a big Vegas comedian, Huge, obviously. Yeah. Your friend too. Um, Great style. guy. Funny man, yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. How did you come up with Murray the Magician? Like where did that you know, when I was a kid growing up, I always saw the stars, like I would mentioned before, the Liberace's, Phyllis Diller's, Lucille Ball's, and I knew they were purposely, uh, you know, they purposely had their looks for that reason, to stand out and look like something you couldn't see on the streets, you know, and, and I liked that. So I thought, well, that's what a star is. That's what a star does. That's, that's what you do. And so growing up, I remember as a kid watching, like, a Rod Stewart on MTV once, and I thought he was old at the time. He was in his 40s, I'm sure, and I'm like, eh, he's not so old anymore. <laughs> um, but he had such cool hair, yep. and I thought, that's kind of cool. And then I remember for Halloween once, I didn't know what to go with one of my buddies, one of my best friends back at home. So we said, why don't we get that colored hairspray they sell at the Halloween shops, mm -hmm. the orange-purple stuff, and when we spike our hair, hair up and spray half on one side, one color, half of the other, and wear all black and put an upside-down white triangle and just leave it and see if they can figure it out. And I said, well, I don't get it. I don't get it. I said, well, what's the guest symbol for guest genes? So let them guess what we are. Because we don't know what the hell to go with. I said, that's, that's hilarious. So we did this. And so I, <laughs> so I used to wear my hair really long. Like when Brad Pitt first came out years ago, he had the long, shaggy hair. Yeah. So I love that. So I did that. So I just spiked that straight up. Yeah. And with me being skinny and with this all black and this look, some of the girls and guys were like, oh my God, you look so, you look, look like Fido Dito. You look like the kind of Max Hedrum. I thought, 
That's kind of cool. And then a few months later, I went camping uh, with a bunch of friends, and I had the long, shaggy hair. And I got up in the morning. There's a couple of girls there as well. I was making coffee around the fire, and my hair was a mess. And one of the girls said, you look really cute with your hair kind of messed up like that. Oh, I thought, well, if it could look cute at 8 a.m., it probably look cute at 8 p.m. <laughs> so I thought, well, this might be a brand. No magician ever had this look. Yeah. And I wanted to be different in the magic world because most magicians had thick, you know, slick black hair mm -hmm. or bow ties and hats and all this other stuff. So I started that way, and then I realized... It kind of stuck. People are like, God, your hair is so weird. I'm like, oh, you're talking about it. That'll do. So yeah. and then as I progressed, I got my hair longer and more colored, and I colored my hair so it looked really ridiculous. So, And then I still got it today. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, I love you it. Know? And then also with my style, I want something brandable because I like the fact when you're starting out in the business, I don't care what business, singing, yeah. being a comedian, that I think when you walk on stage, if you already have that, oh, Jesus, that helps a lot. To go, you know, they're already like, well, hey, Martha, let's have a look at this. This is interesting, you know. They grasp their pearls moment. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, oh my God, <laughs> Jesus, Harold. So, so yeah, I like that because then it also gets their attention, and then hopefully you deliver, you know. And then your next job is to actually be talented or funny or entertaining, you know, which right. is a whole different ball ball game. But I think as long as you have part of that, you know, showing up is the first step for anything. I think. Yeah. You know, literally showing up. You know, so. Very true. And also, well, and also because you, you, you've worked in Vegas for a long time, correct? Yeah, I've Over been there since 2002. Uh, yeah, 21 years. Yeah, just yeah, January 26 was 21 years in Vegas. Damn. Can't believe it. But you were on America's Got Talent. Mm -hmm. Was that, that was, you were already in Vegas when you got on America's yeah, Got Talent, right? Yeah, it was 2010 when I was in America's Got Talent. I was been in Vegas since 2002, so eight years. Yeah. And they'd called me for years, wanted me going, and I didn't want to go. And so that's when David Hasselhoff was the first. <laughs> yeah. he, and he was funny as hell. David Hasselhoff, and I think um, Simon was on it then, and maybe Sharon or somebody else, or Brandy, the singer Brandy, for a couple of years. Yeah. And uh, it just wasn't because they were they were looking at the failures more than the successes. Yeah. Uh, because it was a reality show, and I thought, man, I don't need that. I worked so hard to be this. I just don't need. They could they could screw me any which way. Yeah. Um, and then finally, by season five, it was starting to switch to more of the story. Yeah. You know, the rags to riches or the homeless guy can sing thing. And now it's really that way, obviously. Um, and I thought, well, maybe I could. So I said to them, they pitched me again. I said, so I met them. That's, I down, I think it was at Staples or something. They were doing additions here in LA. Flew in. I said, here's the idea. And I pitched them my idea of making a car up here. So this is what I want to do in your show. Said, That's amazing. But can you do something smaller for your first round? I went, no. I said, no, I can't. I said, because first of all, you're gonna X me off. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't, I don't really want that on TV. I've never produced a car on television in my life and I can do it, but I just don't have the money or the vehicle to do it. And you've never had it on your show and it'd be a great trick. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking, because as soon as I started thinking as a producer, not an act, I became more successful. Mm -hmm. I told everybody, when you go do a TV show, a radio show, or anytime you walk on stage, don't think as talent, think as a producer. Mm -hmm. You think as a producer, you'll get a lot further because then you are thinking for the team of what they want, not just you. Because if you think what they want, they're going to want to keep you on TV more because now you're thinking like them, not you. Mm -hmm. So when I went to America's Got Talent, I was thinking as them. So I thought if I were to go on the show, what would I want to see as a producer? Who cares how talented the kid is or the guy or the girl? I don't want to see a magician produce an elephant. I want to see a car. I want to see somebody cut in half. Like traditional, what does a middle America want to see a magician do? Yep. So everything I did on America's Got Talent that year, all four of those things was scripted strictly for them. I'd never done it in my life before, no, nothing. And so I actually built those just for that show. And that's the only reason I lasted on the show is because I'd, I scripted things that I, I would have thought the producers would want to see. 
Yeah. So, so I produced the car and did all this. And uh, they said, all right, we'll, we'll have you do the car. And I did it. And I thought, well, as long as I last one episode, we're happy. I got my, I got my footage. I'm not, I know I'm not going to win. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> and, uh, and then they kept me on for the whole season. You know, I didn't win, obviously. But I did, wasn't there for that. I was on for the exposure. Yeah. You know? So that's what I always tell anybody who calls me. Because I get called all the time. I go, go on for the exposure. Don't be sad if you don't win. You're not going to win. So don't worry about that. If you get X'd, if you get X'd, then be funny about it. Be proud about it. Be, make it a big thing. Like, this is great TV times. Eight million people watching. I mean, when I did, it was 22 million yeah. back in the day, which is really hard to understand, you know. So, yeah. So, yeah. Oh. Well, do you th did the yeah. show do for you what you what you had, had hoped? Because you yeah. you made a a uh, 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 train. Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, that was my dad's train. I made his peer for him. Yeah, and um, no, yeah. yeah, and the, you I know. made my dad's wallet disappear. Good, that was <laughs> good for you. How did that go? Good. But I don't think that was imaginary. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I made my dad's wallet and his train disappear. Yeah. To be honest with you. Um, but no, we that went really well because because it showed people that I could do large things. Yeah. As a magician, and I think magic wise, if you can do bigger things, people think you're better, which isn't the truth at all. Because I did nothing. I yeah. pointed and waved. I had a lot of other people doing a lot of that stuff to make it disappear because um, that's just the way it works. But um, but yeah, it helped me putting me on the map as as oh my god, you're that guy. Yeah. And it also gave me more credit as being more of a celebrity or a personality, you know. So any of those little things um, help anybody. Yeah. And, and if anybody gets offered, should I go on go, go on the show? I, I go, yeah, do it. What if I get booed? At least you're getting exposure. Yeah. You know, and a lot of comedians, I don't want them to take mater material. I can't use it again. I said. Yeah, but no one knows your material now. <laughs> yeah. So no one knows you. So who gives a shit? You know, go on the show, let them know you. And even if you fail, they'll still know you and they'll still want you to come. And then when you do show up live, kill it. Just yeah. get it right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So never turn, turn down publicity, you know, if you want to stay in the business. Yeah. You know? No, I've never heard of anyone going on that show and it's turned out to be a bad. I've heard mm -hmm. stories of other comedians who, you know, were asked to be on that show and had the same response yeah. as you did. Like, yeah. no, I'm not going because. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not doing the fucking show. Because exactly, yeah. you could. I mean, it could go right. one way or the other. Uh, it right? can. And it could be really bad. I've seen a lot of friends. Lindsay Sterling is a dear friend of mine. She was on the show with me. She's a really well-known violinist now. On that show, she got X'd. And I know purposely that third time she went on, they dropped her monitors. And if you're in music, you know you dropped your monitor. You can't hit the note, right? You can't right. even hear yourself. And they, I know they purposely did that because I was backstage uh, because they play games like that. Mm -hmm. And when she teched, they balanced everything right. And then when you walk on stage live, it's live. It really is live. You, you know, you, it's like the Titanic. You cannot stop it. And and so they extra, her. But now she's selling at arenas. And she's a huge YouTube star. And so it's really nice to see that she she was going to quit and give up. And I remember she came to our, our house in Vegas after. And she wanted to be a musician in Vegas. And I said, well, here, mail some postcards. And she's really down about herself. I said, don't worry about it. People know who you are now. Mm -hmm. Just this is just this is just a step. You weren't going to become overnight success, anyways, yeah. with this show, you know. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years later, she just took off with YouTube videos, and now she's, you know, a legend at the violin. So yeah. You know, so so don't you know everything you do in life, just take it for what it is. Don't it's not the end of the world, you know. And if, and same with your successes. Mm -hmm. You have a huge success. You win an Oscar, great. But you still have another thirty years to make movies. So let's not rest on that. Let's okay. Let's <laughs> let's figure out how the hell to keep it going now you know what i mean so it works both ways when you're successful or you have a failure you know i think yeah you know it's my opinion but well yeah i mean but from a lot of people's perspective like you're a performer in vegas which is like the peak of 
you know, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. that glamorous perform. I mean, Lady Gaga talked about it when she oh. had a residency yeah. there. Like, yeah. I'm a Vegas girl. Yeah, it's crazy, right? You yeah, know? it's weird. Yeah, when you have that, it's because once you, as you know, once you live it, then it's a different world too. Yeah, because now you're in, right? Because it's you know, you yeah. go home, you make dinner, feed the dogs, you know, you have a regular life, and yeah. once you've gotten to that level, you you have the same problems everyone else has. Yeah, whatever it might be, you know what I mean? Putting yeah. gas in your car, paying the mortgage, or relationships or whatever the heck it is you know what i mean so yeah um looks great on facebook though yeah <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it everywhere yeah, of no? course <laughs> yeah that's my own magic show too yeah, the right? illusion of instagram of how it's going yeah, that's right <laughs> i think everyone hides behind that a lot you know what yeah. i mean or doesn't you know yeah we're all way, magicians right? yeah. Yeah. yeah smoke and mirrors exactly <laughs> oh, exactly yeah well um i guess because we talked about this a little bit too because as a comic as also a, uh, a magician, mm-hmm. um, we were talking about when things go wrong, like if a joke goes wrong or when a magic trick goes wrong. Because it's interesting, when I was at the Magic Castle, mm-hmm. I was back in the green room with you, and I was kind of watching you and uh, your assistant Lefty, yeah. who's here with us, who's yeah. amazing, yes. such an amazing magician <laughs> from Yonkers. Um, you know, I was sitting there thinking, and I was like, how does any, how do, how do magicians get good when their whole <laughs> career is based on Secrets. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All you do is yes. keep secrets from one another. And I'm like, <laughs> and you come up with these bits mm-hmm. that are unique and personal and funny and they're stories. And I mean, you guys have a relationship. You, I mean, mm-hmm. so it's, a, it's an amazing, I think, like, do you have to invent new tricks and you have to formulate them on your own? Because ain't nobody telling you. Yeah. You do. Yeah. I mean, it's like anything, you know, the longer you get, once once you start as a kid or you're young or whenever you start magic, you buy the stock tricks, almost like comedy. You take your hack jokes are the ones that always work. So you (laughs) understand a laugh or you understand how to do that one, two, three, and you hit it. And then after that, if you really want to start making a name for yourself or get on shows, you know, you got to start finding your own edge or your own hook because that's what makes you, you. And that's the hardest thing for anybody, you know, because it's easy to take something and just do it. But then how do you make it yours? Why do they want to hire you? Not me, you know, that's the idea. And everyone, no one can be you, you know, and that's the greatest thing. And the sooner people can realize that no one can be you, um, then you can just hone in on that little thing that's you, you know, the way you're brought up or what you do or how you look or how you address people. So in magic, that's what I've taken on myself, you know. So for me, I, even when I pre- watched a magician, I went, man, if he just stopped and said something funny there, how funny would that be? Because some of these magicians are so serious. I'm like, God, just take the stick out of your ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but, but, that's, but I'm, that's how I think, right? So yeah. even when I'm on stage, that's, I'm saying exactly what the audience is thinking because that's, I just can't not stop myself from saying it because I think it's funny. Yeah. So that's how my comedy, you know, everything in my act is very Dennis the Menace. So things will go wrong and then they'll then there will be a resolution or a miracle at the end of it. Because um, as a magician, you still got to have some ending to something, you know, yeah. that's kind of the gig. Um, <laughs> but I can have a lot of fun with it getting there versus trying to be so serious and I got this power and all this stuff, which I don't. Um, but but I, think, I think you just kind of learn your... And then once you learn your craft, then you can start... Um, inventing your own brand like perfect example say you go to be a doctor and you want to be a heart surgeon great so you got to learn how to be a heart surgeon first of all and then once you know how that heart works and you've done like you know five thousand heart surgeries now you can start going you know what why don't we make it like a fake valve because this is how we can do this now because mm-hmm. nothing's going to fool you like you'll talk to another doctor going we had this happen we have to do this 
-hmm. The first year, you're like, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. All I know is how to put this <laughs> valve here and this, and that's that's yeah. your work. So, but once you've been doing it for 20 years, you can you can actually start creating valves or maybe actually benefiting the heart world with your own ideas if you're that doctor. Not many are, but you know, there's ones that do that. So it's the same with comedy or magic. Once you're so far in, you can go. This is a funny premise. I wonder if we can go there. Yeah. You know, and you start writing something and see if you can take it that way. And then all of a sudden you make a breakthrough and go, my God, they went with it. That's, I never thought I could. So that's kind of in magic with my stuff. I'm going, how far can I go with something, you know, that's still got my brand, yeah. but it still gets a laugh. And then there might be a miracle at the end of it. So I can still, you know, because some people, when they come to watch me, they want to either laugh or be impressed. Right. And they're coming for magic. Well, they're 50% pissed off there's not all magic right yeah. and you no know, lefty and i and allness will walk he'll go on stage and he'll come off and go this is a magic crowd i'm like oh jesus so i'll lay back on the comedy and then the other will be like oh they like the laugh the magic care care less about so i'll i'll push more of the comedy so i'll switch right in the middle of my show and i'll pull back or i'll switch a lot of times so, that is so yeah. it's interesting no matter what you do there's always a push and pull of trying to figure yep. out what kind of you know audiences yeah. you're dealing with every time yeah because right? audiences yeah because they want a product they pay yeah. for it and, and which is fine like great you yes. paid money we're gonna give that to you they, well yeah and you try <laughs> to figure it out right yeah yeah so i guess because you come and I'm, now that you're talking i'm like wow magic actually is a perfect place for comedy because there is so much tension hmm. And you know, waiting for the yeah. you know, like, yeah, the moment or what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So who? So growing up and but even as like a young adult, I guess doing it. Who did who did you look to? Because I think you know, there's either magicians mm -hmm. or there's comedians. That's right. But and you're right. Now that you said it, the magicians were always like you know buttoned up and very serious and yeah. like That's given right. a you know very yeah, <laughs> of course. <ta> <laughs> Exactly. Hand Jazz hands. <laughs> exactly, right? Was, but you had an expectation. They're not going to make you laugh. They're intense. Mother, you know what I mean? Of course. David Copperfield. Of course. Like, They're selling spirits. Yeah. 007. They're doing it. Exactly, right? Making yeah. planes disappear. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, where did it... And I don't... I Because I, I really mean that. You're really one of the first people... Because I knew Carrot Top as, mm -hmm. as, yeah. as a comedian, but he uses props. It's not That's magic. Right. Exactly. Right? But yes. very entertaining. Correct. But he does combine. So mm -hmm. who did you look to as kind of a pioneer of combining the two? Because when I watched you, mm -hmm. it's it's entertaining. Like it's, That's the bottom line, isn't yeah. it, though? You know, it's funny you mentioned that, and then I'll answer that question. I remember I was doing cruise ships uh, at 1920. Oh, that's boy. how I... That's how I got into the business doing adult shows because yeah. with magic, I did kids parties, some corporates, but then where do you perform for adults a lot of times? A magician, when you're not that good, mm -hmm. you can, Vegas is gonna hire you right away. So I went on cruise ships and I was working with a comedian named Jerome Kelly years ago. And I haven't seen him for 20 years or something. Funny comedian. And uh, I'm on stage and I did a couple jokes and they were sitting like this talking. Mm -hmm. He says, hey, yeah, you need to do more comedy in your act. Cause I just did all magic. Mm -hmm. I said, no, I said, I'm not a comedian, I'm a magician. He said, no, you're not. I said, you're an entertainer. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, yeah, but I'm a magician. He said, no, you're an entertainer. I said, when you walk on that stage, you have an hour to entertain. Who cares how you do it? At the end of the day, is at the, after that hour, they need to walk away feeling really entertained, got their money's worth, and they had a great time. So who cares if you make them laugh, or you do magic, or you sing, mm -hmm. or you play a flute, or a good, at the end of the hour, get the job because that's what you want to be as an entertainer not a magician mm -hmm. and that sat with me since i was 19 and that's when i started changing i went wait a minute i can't he says be funny you, you are funny so just figure out work on that because you you know it takes a lot of work but you have it and i thought you know what i never thought of that just entertain them yeah. and so i used to have in my coffee mugs years ago i had them for years it says, don't fool them entertain them 
And that was my slogan for years because I because of that. So um, so yeah, so it's one of those things where you you know you, you want to have that balance. And and for me growing up, to answer your first question that you asked me, I looked at a really famous magician back in the English England named Tommy Cooper. You people over here don't know him very well, but back in the '40s and '50s, '60s, he was huge. He, he was a magician like what I'm doing, where he'd pretend he's floating something in front of a curtain. Like he's floating this piece of paper. Like, and, he's, and he always wears a fez hat, an upside down like ice bucket with a... <laughs> and a big round guy. It looked like an eggplant. <laughs> yeah. And uh, English, big, overweight, and, and a hard accent. And he'd pretend he's floating something in front of the thing. And as he's, floating, he's, he's, as he's floating, he's pulling it back. And as he's walking backwards, his jacket catches the curtain behind him. Yeah. And he keeps walking backwards, floating it. And as he's walking backwards, the guy behind the curtain is with a fishing pole. Like my lefty, and 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 he looks he looks at him, and goes, what are you doing? And he keeps loading things like so. That's all of his bits. Yeah. So I just love that. And yeah. and he actually died on stage. That's how he died. He actually died when he fell over on a TV show. I think it's actually online. You can find it. He actually died on stage. The audience thought it was a bit because that was his whole act, doing these stupid things. And they had to actually drag him off stage. Said, no, no, he's he actually died. Yeah, no, I know. But how, what a way to go, though. If you're a comedian, I mean, that is it. Like, what a way to go. And the press. Uh, but, <laughs> but the press, you know. But, but that's for real. So he was a big one. Another magician was named Cardini, which was a very proper magician. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the 40s and 50s. They actually have his costume um, at, at the Magic Castle in a glass case along with his assistant named Swan. Yeah. That was her name. And she played a bellhop with the little pillbox hat, the suspenders, all the buttons. Yeah. And his whole scene was when he walked on stage, he was pretending to walk into a lobby of like the Plaza Hotel, like a very high-end hotel. And he was just waiting. And as he was waiting, he tried to light a cigarette. And he'd, he'd grab a cigarette out of his case. And then as, as soon as the cigarette came to his mouth, it was gone. So he'd open up the case again and get known. But but the trick was he wasn't even entertaining the audience. It was him mm-hmm. being confused by the magic, <laughs> which is the coolest thing. Cause yeah. and they, then he'd then he'd put the cigarettes away and go grab a lighter. And when he grabbed the lighter, the cigarette would be back in his mouth. So and all this stuff. And it was so brilliant because he was actually fooling himself. Yeah. And you were watching this whole scene happen that he could not get things right. Then he'd actually take a pack of cards out and there'd be nothing in the box. And then he'd fan a cards here and he'd run into them with his face. He's like Oh, I didn't even know they were there. So these are the people I looked up to. Now, modern people I looked up to growing up, I mean, I was a huge fan of um, Fred Astaire, which isn't a magician or a comedian or anything, um, but I just love the way he could just make magic on camera. Yeah. His acting, his dancing, he's just, he just that was my main muse because I just loved what he did. Yeah. And then Jim Carrey, of course, and In Living Color with Fire and Bill and all that stuff where, where he just wasn't a comedian, yeah. he was more of an impersonator, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was just so good, like he just committed so hardcore. Yeah. So these are people I looked up to, you know, in the biz that I thought were just brilliant. Phyllis Diller, you know, who had the cigarette and the, and the wig and all that, and, and she, never lived, she never smoked, which is the greatest thing, I love that. She never smoked, like, like Dice, doesn't smoke either, he always has that cigarette, you know? Yeah. So these are people I really looked up to growing up, you know, that branding and that whole thing, you know? Yeah. So that that whole I always called the Ronald McDonald factor, you know. So you just you know you're dressing for the whole thing, you know. Yeah. Those are some heavy hitters. Like as as yeah. you were saying that I was like they're so concentrated in what they do. Yeah. Um, that I can and you're very much you know. the same way. Yeah. <clears throat> you know. Have you ever had because your stakes are so high, like in Vegas and just everywhere really that you perform and with magic because it's such a. Um, <clears throat> Most again, it's just a unique quality that no one has, and so mm-hmm. has have has a trick ever not gone right? Oh boy, lots. Failed. <laughs> How long do we like? Have? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, <laughs> sure. 
No, because when I, again, just watching your show, like you were saying, the guy, like a dad on stage, and everybody's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's dead, you yeah, know, exactly but like, but not really. Yeah, exactly. You right. know, and I was watching that because there were so many little things that, you know, that, that you drop a card or mm -hmm. you spill a little milk and that you're yep. like, is that part of it? Or did he actually really drop that card? That's right. <clears throat> so is there something, because that you can camouflage in of mm -hmm. like, oh, that was just shit, even if yeah. you mess up. But has there been ever been something so colossal oh, yeah. <laughs> in your magic tricks uh -huh. that you're like, I'm going to saw a hole in the bottom of this stage and just <laughs> disappear for life? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have had that. So I, uh, yeah, so everything in my show, when you see cards drop or milk spill, that's all choreographed every mm -hmm. show. And it's funny when, as you know, like comics, when you have that haphazard thing, when you see a second night of the comic, you go, oh my God, I had no idea that was their whole bit, you know, because yeah. it's so good sometimes. And you go, wow, it's so awesome off the cuff it looked like it really was not planned and that's the genius of it all isn't it um but we were doing a show when i was 19 back in vancouver canada it was a competition it was a ch for the children's magician of the year competition so i had this great idea of um we had this diamond uh uh, illusion. It was shaped like a diamond. It was, it was all lights around it and a black hole, so nothing was in the middle of this diamond. So it's a big box with lights around it. We're using a, a thing called black art. So basically, if I'm covered in black in a black hole with lights around it, you can't really see me. If I pull the sheet off me, I appear, right? right. So that's what black art is. So, so I'm hiding this tuxedo, but there's going to be a smoke pot in front of it. So it blows up. Mm -hmm. I pull the black cloth off me because no one can see now, right? I stand up, and then I'm standing in the front of this, in the middle of this a lighted diamond, yeah. right? So I appear. That's the, that's the way it works, and that's how it was supposed to happen. And that was the opening of, and I was opening up the children's magic competition. There's like 12 acts. And the theater was full. Now, I didn't tell anybody I was using a smoke pot. Okay. And this is a theater at a college. Uh, college has about 3,000 kids. And that night, they were writing their final exams for night school. Okay. So now, the costume I have on is this black tuxedo that I've dressed up to, now this is the first time i ever messed my hair up as well and i messed up purposely because i wanted to look like i was blown up okay okay so my hair was actually like this uh except i actually combed my hair really nice so it was actually not as crazy and i had my shoes where the fronts were blown up mm -hmm. and the pocket was ripped and i had uh, my shirt to the middle of my fly and so it looked <laughs> like i stood there and my opening line was kids don't try this at home that was the opening line right. and that was gonna get into my, my bit and so I didn't tell anybody else. I wanted to surprise everybody. And I never set the, the, the smoke pot off during rehearsal because I didn't want to waste the time and all that. Well, I didn't tell them that, so they kept the fire alarms on. And the fire alarms at this theater are the, were the new ones at the time where they were laser beams. They, yeah. So smoke hits it, not just the old-fashioned ones. I didn't know. So everyone loads in. I'm ready. Here we go. And all right, Murray, magician, here he comes. And music comes, and you see this lights going around, and all of a sudden the flash plug goes bang. Perfect, tons of smoke. I rip the black cloth off. I stand up. No one can see me out, right? Because the smoke's still in front of me. It dissipates. I jump off the thing. And of course, I look like I'm blowing up, right? Which I think is hilarious. Right. And I go, oh my God. And, and I just go, kids, don't try this at home. And I got the one line out. All the alarms went off at the school. All the alarms. Literally, the show just, everyone just got seated. The show just started. Another 11 acts behind me. I didn't even get into my bit. I just opened. And all of a sudden, now we got to evacuate the whole place. So outside we go. And I'm standing out there by the loading bay, right? Now I'm on the side of the street. All of a sudden, the fire trucks are coming. Oh, everybody has two ambulances, three fire trucks to come. There's one fire. The guys stop outside. And I'm standing outside just talking. I'm like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have done that, I guess. And we're all standing. I forgot what I looked like. So I'm still blown up looking, right? So the fireman comes in. Oh, my God, are you okay? I said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm part of the whole, the, I said, yeah, there's smoke, but it's a, it's, is it, are you sure you're not hurt? I said, no, I 
said, this is, this is the way I'm supposed to look. Like, the honest to God. And the guy's, okay, because we're, you know, we got, the, I said, I know, you can go inside, nothing's. So then I walk up on the street, and I look on the sidewalk. There's like 2,000 kids up there. And I said, why is it, we, that's not the audience from the theater. And they said, yeah, this is the night they're writing their final exam. And they just sat down to write their exam. <laughs> and you just expelled everybody out of the school because this, this, this fire alarm. I didn't win the competition. <laughs> I didn't win that competition. So that was, that was, and I, I didn't even do the rest of my act. That was, that was it. I did two seconds. It's like two pumps and a quiver and I was out. That's, that's it. So yeah, so I didn't get to do, but, but it's a, it's a good bit though. I should bring that back maybe, but maybe let people know I'm going to, you know, produce <laughs> some smoke. Yeah. So, it sounds yeah. like I but, went to art school, mm -hmm. Marie, and that sounds like every performance art <laughs> in my first year. I was like, yeah. that sounds familiar. Yeah. And what arts did you go in? Was it acting or singing or drawing? No, or visual arts. Visual? I oh, went no to the Art Institute of Chicago. Oh, that's amazing. How many years did you? Uh, <laughs> one. one. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, it's one of those situations. I don't know how it is for magicians. <laughs> if you go to magician school, is our magician? Lefty magicians? went to magician school. Believe of it. He went to magician Lefty. camp. I didn't. I wasn't that special. <laughs> Lefty, there's a damn camp. Yeah. For ma for magician children. In New York, right, Lefty? Is it in the woods, like all children's camps, which sounds terrible? But is no, it? <laughs> that doesn't sound good. They just take the children no. into the woods. It's not in the woods. Not in the woods. Where is, is it? Is it like in a cave where they don't tell tell anybody and they give your own little cave rooms? It was at LaSalle Military Academy in Long Island, New York. Military? Close enough. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, not into what? the woods. <laughs> yeah, not into like the musical, Into the Woods. <laughs> so it was a on a it was on on a military base or a school? Uh school, LaSalle Military Academy. So uh we were very fortunate because it was based in New York. A lot of big name magicians at the time came out. Um to share their magic and their experiences. So we had David Copperfield come visit and David Blaine and Chris Angel. Um, not a lot of girls at that camp. Surprise. <laughs> um, I was like, dang, but, uh, magic sausage fest, okay. Learned a lot of magic. Okay. Learned how to be single, too. So, yeah. That was, a, that was one of the featured classes they taught there. So, there so it sounds like a lot of fun, right? Hence probably why I didn't go to magic camp. <laughs> How come there? This I know. Just to kind of segue off that though, but I don't see any female magicians. Is that a, like? Is there a? I know you don't have to answer for the world of females sure. of why there's no. But at Magic Castle, are are female comedians are female magicians? Allowed? Yes, there are. are they... it's, it, over the last twenty years, has been a big influx of it. Cause I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and there are some really great female magicians out there. I mean, there there's none at the level that David Copperfield yet. Yeah. And there should be. There's no reason why they can't be because you're beautiful, you're talented, and all that. But, but a lot of times I find with the female magicians, and this is just my opinion, is that they lean too hard on the female part than the magic part. Okay. So I've always said this, if a female magician put in the time that a male magician does for the skill, mm -hmm. not the sexual factor, not that you're a female, mm -hmm. but the actual skill set of actually being untouchable, whether you're pretty, ugly, guy, girl, transsexual, I don't care who you are, just the skill level, and then you're a woman, untouchable. Th yeah. That would destroy, it would kill. But a lot of times I find a lot of female magicians don't always go the extra mile to become absolutely brilliant at magic so therefore, they're leaning on the female aspect, so it's lovely. It's a nice novelty, but it still doesn't take it to the next level. Whereas in co comedy, I see it happens. Women are just as funny and just phenomenal as men, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. you have to rise to that. And it's, it's a lot more spots, I think, 
to work as a female comic and male, obviously, you know. And there's also pioneers that started that a lot earlier, you know, from the Roseanne Bars to Phyllis Diller to Joan Rivers, and the list goes on, of course, as we know. Um, but in Magic, it's we were like a little late to the party on that, you know. But but I love when I see female. We got a lot of friends that who are great female magicians, you know. Yeah. But I just really want them to go do that trick better than me. I don't care if you're what you are. You could be Barney. Yeah. You be whoever it is, just do that trick better than a magician or more entertaining. Yeah. Whether you're male or female, and just go work. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, they're out there, you know. And yeah, the castle has female magicians every week and, and month too, but they're just, there's definitely a lot less, you know. That's, a, yeah, I know yeah. it's interesting that you said that they put kind of being a woman ahead, because as a female comedian, like you kind of, you know, there's so many women that are like, think like a man, you know, mm. that, that kind of put their mm -hmm. uh, femaleness aside, or it's the opposite where they use their sexuality. Yes. How do you, yeah, how do you feel about that going into that, you know, as I a female mean, comic? I know, okay, perfect. Um, with a black Murray shirt, I mean, perfect. Yes, by the way, I'm <laughs> I wearing that. a Thank Murray you. shirt. With, Thank it's you for pretty the, badass. I love it. Mug. And I also have Oh, yeah, the Murray It's Gone Merch. Mug. Yeah. Uh, thank and, you. Uh, there's yeah. a book. My kid's book that I wrote during COVID. Yeah, yeah I won't yeah. get out of that question. I know yeah. people are like, wow, hey, deflection. What's up? Yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> I see. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Nice job. But, yeah, so how I do, you know, I've... I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day. I've I've never uh, I don't know. I've never felt like a sexual person. It's an interesting. Yeah. You kind of look at the modeling. Like my mom was just like that. My grandma was mm -hmm. just like we never. It wasn't a talked about thing. She, you know, sexuality wasn't a power. Like it mm -hmm. wasn't. My sure. mom was I'm from Kentucky, so everything was about function as sure. opposed to. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah, of <laughs> she's course. gonna teach me to change a tire before she would sure. to go well, teach life, me to get a pedicure. Yeah. Of course. Sure, that makes sense. Why not? So it's interesting. I've never thought about it. It's only kind of now in the in the female world of comedy of like, oh, like I'm kind of seeing it of mm -hmm. like, because I grew up watching like Roseanne sure. or, you know, um, yeah. uh, Sarah Silverman, like those Marker sure. Cho, yeah. where I didn't see them. I was like, oh, that's a female comic. Like yeah. I just saw them. And I was like, okay, they look like me. They're females. Cool. Yeah. But are they funny? Totally. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, exactly. So it's just an interesting, I'm like, huh, I never thought about that. And how audiences take, especially, no, like Vegas audiences, mm -hmm. which are come, some of the toughest yeah, they're audiences hard, yeah. in the world. Yeah. But how they, you know, they come to see a glamour show and if, mm -hmm. or if they come to see a comedy or, or a, a magic show, mm -hmm. if what, how that would change if they saw a female come out that was in like a dazzling, yeah. just an interesting thing to yeah. think about. And even yeah. when women came on stage, what do you wear when you're on stage? You know what I mean? Cause that's another thing. Like I see a lot of female magicians dress in a long gown, you know, mm -hmm. because they're beautiful and they can wear a dress, you know, mm -hmm. but is in some, but then also that limits you sometimes when you're performing, you know what I mean? With yes. where you're hiding stuff and, you know, so whereas if you wear a pantsuit or something or a pair of palazzo pants or something and a cool jacket, that's a cool look. But yeah. then are you catering too much to the male because you're trying to look like you got a tuxedo on? It's a whole, you know what I mean? Like it's not, yeah, it is, you know, when you really think of it. You yeah. know, and somebody said, well, if you're a field magician, how would you dress that? I got to be honest, I don't know. I said, I got to be honest, I probably would wear a really wide pinstripe suit, suit with yeah. palazzo pants. I love women in those, that, that kind of double-breasted with the big bell-bottom pants. I love mm -hmm. that look. I don't know why. I think Kate Moss wore it years ago and people like that. So I think that probably what I would walk on if I was a woman because it's got that female edge, yeah. but you still have that powerful, commanding the room look. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not too glittery and glitzy. You know, unless you go over the top like a Judy Tenuta yeah. with the accordion and the whole look, you know, or Phyllis Diller that did the whole thing, you know, um, that's a, if that's your brand. Yeah. You know what I mean, but I think if I wanted to come on stage and look powerful and sexy and hot and accepted, I'd probably wear something like that, you know, but 
don't know. So funny you just yeah. mentioned Judy. I actually remember oh, I watching Judy. with the accordion and the red lipstick yeah. and like yeah. but that but those are the performers that I love. Like Cindy Lauper when like Dude, girls just want to have all, the, yes, whole, right? the guy do you remember the yes. Cindy Lauper video I when do. it was a full blown movie yep. with WWF yes. wrestlers? Huge. Like Yeah, huge. Yeah, I know iconic though. Like that's totally pop culture, isn't it? That's the yes, jam, though. Totally. But those were, but that's yeah. like those. Those are the women that I kind of look to yeah. as like as as artists. I never you should. Ever... I think they're phenomenal. Yeah, well, even Madonna way back. I mean, even now. But you know, I mean, like <laughs> talk about you know catching trends. You know, what I mean, and just lasting for yeah. a long time. You know, bless so. her heart. <laughs> yeah, right. It's gonna be okay. Yes. So be so anyway. This, so this is your uh, children's Kids book, book yeah. also. That's called a night uh, a nighttime. We're all the same size yes say a little bit about sure, that, yeah. I, have that yeah during covid i was bored and um and you know like we all were and i we we have love rescue animals uh like you guys do and i we have three long-haired chihuahuas and a cat mm -hmm. and um they're all girls the chihuahuas are all girls and we have a cat it's a boy named kitten mm -hmm. i have no idea how we named her that <laughs> but that's my wife's decision because it was her cat she's had her uh, had him for like 16 years so we all live together and this one dog named bailey is super scared mm -hmm. of everything you come in the house barks 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 but wants to be involved so yeah. it won't go away just will just be there and be a pain in the ass and then when my wife and i were first dating she'd lie down on the floor to watch tv you know like get a pillow and, and all of a sudden bailey the scared dog would actually stop barking and sleep and sit right by the pillow mm -hmm. and then say we went to bed she'd hop in bed and, and the dog would hop and go to sleep right beside the pillow by her head. So it was a joke before I got into bed. I go, oh my God, at nighttime we're all the same size because the chihuahua was actually taller than her when she was lying on the floor. They could see eye to eye. Yeah. And so I said this, and then one night I said, I should write a kid's book uh, called The Nighttime We're All the Same Size. I, said, I got one page. I need another 37. <laughs> um, but that what a cute title. And so I decided to put this whole book together. as a little character that kind of looks like me. And he encounters all these little animals from giraffes, bears, butterflies, snakes. And basically it's a metaphor of not to judge people in the way they look or sound, but to see them eye to eye and you'll understand them better. So that's all. So yeah, so we just put it out on Amazon. It came out a couple months ago on Amazon. And that's it. It's just super, and it's really visual because I'm a visual person. Yeah. See, when I read, I read slow because I, I make a picture in my head. Even when I read proper books. Um, so for me, I like to see that. So for this, it's more, even if you don't know how to read as a kid, see so or two or three or whatever, you can still enjoy the pictures and that. So, because I'm a picture guy. Yeah, I'm a. So no, yeah. Uh -huh. Same with autobiography. I, I like the picture section. I would I have read stuff. the Bible if it had. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I tried. The first two pages it. were a bit tough, and I was like, I gotta let that rest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can I get a visual on what this dude exactly, looks like? He right. sounds a little PowerPoint. Very tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. A little something. A little something. Yeah. Some. That's a bit dry. So, so, yeah. so you can get this on Amazon. At yep. nighttime, we are all the same size. Yeah. I, I read it actually when we were in the green room. Last yeah, night it's a light read. Magic has. So it's a very a light, light read. read. <laughs> it's very cool. The illustrations are great by W. M. Lotz. Yeah, great writer. He's out of Portland, Oregon. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. phenomenal. So yeah. Amazing. Like I said, another yeah. thing that you do because you're so lazy. <laughs> so lazy. I'll pick up the pace. Sarah, I'll pick up the pace. <laughs> Can you get on speed riddling something? Okay, okay. Pick it up. Okay, um, let's go. <laughs> so this portion, I'm going to ask you some questions that your fans um, asked, and there's a lot of them, so we'll get through maybe all of them, maybe not. Um, all right, whatever you want. Uh, okay. This one, of course. Uh, what's your favorite ch trick? Check or trick? <laughs> okay, carry on. <laughs> What's your favorite chick? Um, I'm sure your wife would love that question. Yeah, right. What's your favorite <laughs> trick, and can we see it? Um, favorite trick, uh, I don't have with me, but my favorite trick I've done is the one where on America's Got Talent, where I made the steam train vanish. 
from my dad because it was my dad's uh, train that he worked on when he was 18. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd never done a trick that large in my life. And to this day, it's still the largest trick they've ever done in America's Got Talent. And, and literally, we only had like two weeks to get this thing. I'd never done it in my life. I didn't even know how to do it. Yeah. So I designed it, built it. And then if you ever watch that video online, I pulled the cloth off the thing after we lift it and I look back. And I was so happy when I looked back and it wasn't there because I'm like, my God, if I see half a train still there, I'd be really pissed off. And I turned and when you see my face, and look, I was so happy. I was more, more excited than the audience because I was like, oh my God, it worked. Because, you know, we literally were practicing with me and Lefty are actually in the, that was actually Lefty's idea, the train idea. Um, we were sitting at the Ivy having lunch and they said, what would you do next? I'm like, I don't know. They said, why don't you do something about your father? Um, you know, and as a railway, I said, why don't you make a train disappear? I'm like, oh, that's easy. And they called Lily five minutes after and said, hey, what, what's your next thing? I said, oh, I got a great idea. I said, what if I make a train disappear? That's great, can you do it? Ah, sure. I said, oh, you know, I think, that, I think that's what we'll go with. And I, don't, I had no idea. I had like 10 days to put this stupid thing together and we pulled it off, but that was the last time I'll ever do that again. But So yeah, that's my favorite trick. I'm so glad it worked. I love the <laughs> conversations at the Ivy over lunch between, between yeah, right? magicians. Exactly, it's a training place for magic talk. Know, make a train disappear. <laughs> yeah, All exactly. Right, gonna... Yeah, between salad and the coffee, you know. Exactly. <laughs> it's just a, you're so casual about it. I'm like, what the f I can't even <laughs> make Jen disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. That'll cost you. <laughs> I'm like, just a little bit, perhaps. Just a little bit. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's love. That's and love. That's love. See, see? I'm see that's kidding. marriage right there, people. That's Come on. See. Yeah, Thank exactly. you for seeing the humor. I do. I'm married. I get it. <laughs> See, to, a sh to a showgirl. To a showgirl, yeah. Vegas showgirl. Yeah, Danny. Danny, yeah. God, you're yeah. like a, a, a Vegas dream come true. I don't know about that. Okay. It could be a nightmare. You never know. <laughs> they should make a movie. I have a feeling they'll make a documentary about you. Pretty oh, cool. Oh, boy. Pretty cool life. Uh, that's different. Um, this one at John S. If you could, if you could use magic to fix any problem, mm. what would it be? I think uh, that's a... That's a deep question. What would you use, you know? Um, I think, uh, and I was just having a conversation with a friend, I think if I had one thing to do right now, because you can so many things I could say, right? Mm -hmm. But I think personally, my biggest fear in life as I get older is either getting cancer or getting Alzheimer's or dementia. Those are my two things. It's just my personal things. That's, yeah. that's my fears in life. I'm not scared of spiders or alligators or anything. I'm scared of them, but nothing like cancer or losing my mind. Sweet. So I think if I could have the power of magic, I would cure Alzheimer's or dementia. Because you work so hard creating this life that we are doing right now. Like, I remember this for the rest of my life, right? And these cool experiences. You come to the Magic Castle, meeting your wife, Jen. Jen doing the amazing photos she did yesterday with us. Just these cool memories. Like, they're really, they're part of life. And they're happy and they're exciting. And, you, and then at 80, you can't climb the Himalayas anymore. So you sit around with a bunch of other old people talking about the old days. Yeah. And for me to forget all that, why live, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So frustrating. So for me, that's just such a, being robbed of all that time you put in, all those wrinkles and all those back pains mm -hmm. or whatever, for, for your moment to sit around and just talk about the old days. That's what you do. You brag about what you used to be or whatever the hell you're doing, you know? And I think that uh, if I had a if I had power for that, I'd try to cure that. Yeah. So there you go. Do you have anybody in your life that has? Uh, my dad, before he passed, my dad passed away seven years ago. Yeah. And he was 83, so he had a great life. Died of old age, but going into that he eventually died of a heart attack in the hospital because you got to go with something but his mind was slowly going but he never got it checked he was always writing notes and i have to remind him he's like hey how's hawaii i'm like no dad i'm back home now oh, that's right hawaii was last month you know mm -hmm. and instead of getting frustrated i realize 
he can't help it. Yeah. So then I would just cater to it. Going, no, no, Dad. Hey, it's me, Murray, back in Vegas. You know. Oh yeah, okay. How's the show's going? Great, Dad. You know. And then I saw it more and more. So when he passed, though, I think it was the right time because I didn't want to see him not know me or my mom and all that stuff. You know what I mean? There's a time that yeah. you know. So yeah. So that I that I yeah. There's a few people I think you know. So yeah. yeah. Did he, did your dad get to see you kind of become really successful be he did. before he passed? Yeah, he away? really did. Yeah, he saw my shows in Vegas, you know. And he also got to see the train trick, which I did for him, America's Got Talent. That was 2010, and he passed 2015. So he had a good five years of seeing me do some stuff, you was know. Was he so. pumped? I mean, that yeah. whole that whole yeah. magic trick was about from him. Like, yes. that was oh, yeah. in his honor. Everything. And he was actually there at the taping. They flew in for it. And at the very end, you see me hugging him and stuff, me and my mom. So it was a cool thing to kind of wrap that around just for him. Yeah. You know, and of course, I made a joke to him going, show you had a real job now or not, you know. He's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that railway, I still can get you in. I still can get you in. I'm like, okay, well, just keep me on the list. So, you know. So, That's yeah. an amazing memory. You know? That's yeah. really cool. A lot of people yeah. don't get to say that. Like, right. with their parents or yeah. getting, or, you know, if yeah. you have any part of that life. So. Yeah. And one thing also I say to people, I did this with Doug's mom recently because his mom and my mom are the same age, both alive. If you're at home and you're in, you love your parents, you know, because not everyone loves their parents. So, but if you do love your parents, as they get older, do yourself a favor. Next Christmas, next holiday, go home, set up a camera like we're doing now, mm -hmm. and write 15 questions you want to ask them. Don't you ask them. Ask your best friend who knows them well or the sister, not even the sister or brother, but somebody that's a neighbor or somebody that knows your parents well and do like a talking head thing with them and ask them about you uh, or your parents or any, and because you'll want that when you won't be able to get it again mm -hmm. of how you started in, the, in your career mm -hmm. or business. What did you really think of your daughter or son doing this? Because you'll never get those. And then when you are famous to be on e-entertainment, you won't have your parents to answer those questions for or if you want it for your own archive's sake. So I tell everybody, as your parents get into their late 60s or 70s, one day when you're home at Christmas, holidays, Easter, summer, just get a friend to come over, write 15 questions, put you, nowadays everyone has a camera on their phone, yeah. just for your own historical sake. Or if you have kids or friends that you want to share this with you later, you'll be glad you did it one day. And if not, you can always delete it. But uh, So that's my biggest thing, takeaway for anybody I give to anybody, because I did it with my parents. And I'm glad I got it because dad's gone. You know what I mean? So, so were yeah. They, were they willing? Were they happy? Were they? Yeah. Because I only asked this. I did this with my parents. Okay. Well, so you know that. I didn't ask them questions okay. about me per se. Mm -hmm. But uh, Jen and actually, it was a, we did a, a little, yeah, a little talking head yeah, yeah. with oh, yeah. my mom and my dad and my brothers. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. My mom has since passed oh, from okay. that. And right. I'm so glad that we did okay. that. Um, but it was interesting because they, they're both a little, my dad's more of a talker. My mm -hmm. mom's a little more shy. Okay. And so, so they were willing, yeah. but to a point. Of course. Yeah. Right? Sure. Of course. Yeah, they're it's like, weird. can we wrap this up? That's you know right. what I mean? Because well, like, it's weird. They're not, if they're not in the business and they're not used <laughs> to doing it, it's really an awkward situation. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's also why I have somebody who's not a family member do it. Cause now the neighbor, mm -hmm. you can talk about your daughter mm -hmm. or your son. Oh, him. God, I hate it when he, but if I'm interviewing you about you about me and you and say we're brother and sister you're not going to really answer for real i found that to be true yeah so but i'm so glad you did that see high five see, high look five yeah. look at us yeah, see? So, yeah. i'm glad so do you do you watch that ever like the i haven't watched you? it for years my wife hasn't even seen it danny really? and i mention it and then we'll get home late from a show i'll get a show to you and then you know have a glass of wine and then pass out so it, it hasn't but i just drop box or the links so you can watch it on her own yeah. but it's cute it's funny but they're very parent like and dad repeats a lot of words, and they're just so, just so parent-like. It's like painful to watch sometimes in a good way. Yeah. You know, but it's so great to have, though. Yeah. That's 
that's so cool. I've actually yeah. I've never talked to anybody else who's. I'm sure a lot mm. of people have done it, but I've never. I have I haven't yeah. looked at that footage. Yeah, no. I haven't looked yeah. at it. It's uh, my mom's was passing was pretty recent, so oh, it's one I'm of those sorry. things. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's hard, and yeah. so I haven't looked at it, but. I agree. If you're listening, do that. Like, oh my it's God, a, it's, it's an so. Even if you don't want to, you'll one day you'll go. God, I should have done that. You know, I don't know. And Maybe. just to yeah. watch them be parents, who are yes. all awkward and no, totally sitting up straight and you know. Are we <laughs> what, do you Is that what do you want to know? Exactly. What do you, what do you want me to say? Exactly. My, yeah. Know. Look at the camera. God damn it. Yeah. No, no. Look. <laughs> it's just so classy. You can't. Where do you want to fucking look? Exactly. You know, they get yes. so upset so quick. You're like, yeah. it's cool, chill. It's yeah. just, just yeah. say. We're like an episode of South Park almost. They're just like, what? It's true. Yeah. And yeah. So they, they, heads, you know? <laughs> Just say when you were born. I was born. Is that, <laughs> is the date. Well, you know when I was born. Yeah. I'm like, no. I know, but they don't. Oh, see, just say it. Say your date. You can't get it. My dad's yeah. older. So he'd be like, I, are we done? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> exactly. I gotta pee. Change the tire. God damn it. Exactly. I was like, you can stop saying God damn it. Exactly. So, but anyway, that's amazing. Yeah, there you go. Um, so this next question is, if if being a magician didn't work out, what would you do instead? Uh, the other jobs I really wanted to be, I want to be a chiropractor. I wanted to be a marine biologist, and I wanted to be a firefighter. Those are my three options. All so far so, apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hence, a magician. <laughs> Makes sense, doesn't it? A chiropractor. Yeah. Can you imagine you walking in and fix your back like this, going, hey, how's your back? I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fixed. Don't need to touch. Don't and touch And you just me. put them in a box and yeah, saw exactly. them in half. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're like, does it feel better now? Exactly. Hey, see, hi. Jazz has. <laughs> Glitter. You know. <laughs> and a marine biologist. Yeah, right. Did you go? Are you? A, are you? Are you scuba certified? Yes. Did you go yeah. off the coast of Canada? No, I grew you... up in Vancouver. So there's water around me. Yeah. I love fishing. Actually, fishing. That's what I wanted to be originally. Like, yeah. I love watching those fishing programs where mm -hmm. they catch like 20 fish in half an hour. And my parents like Murray. It's not like that. You know, they shot for like weeks <laughs> to get that. No, they they're that good. Okay, so I just wanted to be one of those fishing people. So I love fishing. I tackle boxes and all that. And so I, because of the marine life, I thought, well, marine, be a marine biologist. Yeah. And then I went to the chiropractor as a kid, and I thought, that's cool, because it's a doctor. People don't take their clothes off. It's not weird. You know what I mean? Not checking their butt and weird things. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it's just a back. Yeah. And you can still be a doctor, make over 150000 a year. I thought, that's and you're helping people. Yeah. And then a firefighter, because, you know, I want to do a calendar shoot. No, <laughs> because I wanted to. <laughs> no, um, because I, I thought it was a cool thing, because I was already a lifeguard at pools for years. Yeah. So the next one would be a paramedic, and I liked the responsibility, and I thought it was a cool job. And not like police officer where you're getting shot and stuff, and it's scary being a police officer. I thought firefighters always liked, you know, yeah. and they're always, so yeah, so that's the reason. But they just run into fire. They do. They don't at get least, shot at. No, but at least <laughs> save money on cremation. Come on now, boom, it's two for one. Like, hey, we're gone in a box, done. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just put them just in their oxygen a tank. Like, there like, you go. Exactly. <laughs> just keep Perfect. them moving. Yep. <laughs> See. That is so random and so you. I've known you for such a short amount of time. <laughs> exactly. That I'm like, All these that's hours. perfect. All these hours. <laughs> that's exactly. honestly perfect. One and done. See? Last question. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, how did you end up being a Las Vegas headliner? Which um, I so I left Vancouver, and I married my first wife in Orlando. Yeah. So I moved there in '98, got married in '99, and um, I lived in Orlando for five years. Yeah. And she worked for Disney, so she was the voice of Belle and Beauty and the Beast, and we were lived in the studios. So she was entertaining, and I flew out from there to Europe a lot because the airport was amazing. So it was okay for me. I always wanted to be in LA because mm -hmm. where you know TV is, and I wanted to be on. All sorts of shows and so i thought well i need a manager and and i need a bunch of stuff so 
back in the day, because this is when like internet just came around, AOL, all that stuff, and you dial up, ding dong, ding 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 ding, ding, ding yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> I uh, I would get like 400 headshots, and I found these really cool albums, because you only could mail stuff, right? And I got the Hollywood Creative Directory, which is like the Bible back in the day here in LA, and you could find everybody's name, the casting director, I loved it. And um, so I'd buy the thing for 300 bucks mm -hmm. for the year, whatever, and so I'd go through the whole thing. And I got these envelopes that were clear on one side, mm -hmm. solid in the back, so I put my headshot in it. So even if they were throwing it in the garbage, they could look at me as they're throwing it in the garbage. My headshot, whether they opened it or not, my face was looking at you. <laughs> so at least you saw me. So I bought all these envelopes and I wrote these letters saying, hey, I want to be on TV. Hey, I want to be a, I want to be a Vegas, like a Vegas show. So I wrote all these managers that managed big people. And so I sent out like 400. I got two people that came back, wrote back. I sent my VHS tape because that's how you did things back then. There was no other way to get your footage to them yeah. and one guy came back and he said I, I think I'd like to produce your show in Vegas I'm like what and I said uh, yeah we want to fly to Vegas and talk so I flew in I was, and at the same time I was going right uh, through a di my divorce from her in 2001 and so I said this great thing happening this horrible thing happening so I landed in Vegas we talked that uh, winter like uh, November-ish I said well how about January 26 2002 you opened the frontier I'm like yeah the guy said, you have this very Johnny Carson-esque type vibe or Jack Benny vibe about you. I like that. I think you're going you know, to be great for Vegas. And uh, this is when Vegas was a little older. There's no half-price tickets. There's no Groupons. When people bought a ticket, they bought with real money. You didn't have to sell 100 tickets to make two bucks. You know, you could. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I, I opened there January 26th. I got divorced and, and moved to Vegas. And my wife at the time, I only knew her for about six years. And I worked 17 years of my career. So I'm like, hey, I'm going for the career. <laughs> Love you. But, yeah. <laughs> But we're friends now, and she's lovely. She actually moved to Vegas, and she got <laughs> yeah. remarried and all that. But, but, um, but yeah, so that's how, how I started. And then I really learned how Vegas was, which is nothing like I thought it was. Yeah. And, and uh, so far, I've hung in there for 21 years. I figured, you know, stayed on the, stayed on the canoe. You know, rolled over a few times, but, you That know. is unbelievable. <laughs> it's yeah. so old school and so, like, hey, before like, people just go on TikTok and, like, I hope I can Exactly, discover. exactly, right? Yeah, get a viral like, video, bitch, right? I had to put VHSs in an yes. envelope 400 and seal it. <laughs> I had my machines. I bought four machines so I could dub them all. Yeah. And I'd, you know, make dinner and I'd get them all running for two and a half or three minutes, come back, stock yes. them all, take them all, get the label maker that you go to, you know, you buy the, your own labels and you make them. Yes. Them on, yeah, the grit, you. man. Oh, yeah, all of it. The yeah. paper cuts. Uh -huh. Oh, the paper me, yeah. cuts on the tongue, tongue. from you doing yeah, the I little, They didn't have the pre legs back then. You had to actually look at yourself. Or I, I figured you know, a sponge after the first hundred. I'm like, my tongue's worn out. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing, but not with the envelopes. <laughs> I love yeah. how just like, I don't know, everything that you, all of your ambitions kind of manifested and, and trans, transferred into this like very like pen and paper, mm -hmm. sheer heart will yeah. uh ambition and belief in yourself yeah weird isn't it you yeah, know it, yeah it's um it's like a <sighs> lightning yeah. in a bottle Different to have way. that you yeah. know and it's amazing to kind of watch see where you are now but also yeah. the backstory of how you got there by sending a vh at like yeah yeah can you imagine now now kids have it easy i remember one person in vegas young kid early 20s won't mention his name because he's a dear friend and he writes me to get to Vegas. He got to Vegas. He moved to Vegas. He says, hey, Mer, can you help me out? I'm looking for some agents in Vegas um, that you can really kind of get me in with because I want to. I said, well, yeah, you come to Vegas. I'll help you out, whatever you need. I said, I'm just wondering which ones are the, the good agents. Well, it's yeah. Vegas. There's not that many. Yeah. So, of course, I'm a smart ass at times because now you know my history and how I kind of made my way. So I decided to be a smart ass. So I text him saying, hey, dude, you're not going to believe this. 
sit down for this one. You're not going to believe this. So I found this thing online. I just, it's called, let me spell it to you because I don't even know how to say it. It's G O O G L E. I think, I think it's Google. <laughs> I, think it's, you know, I think you find it. It's called Google. What you do though, you put Vegas in first, <laughs> then you put agent. So it's A G E N T. I, and I put the dash. I was really being an asshole. And I said, and then you Vegas agents. And then if you really want to get specific, you put like magicians. And it really breaks it down to who the hell. And then what happens is there's like 27 of these people pop, and they're right there. They got the fucking address, the phone number, and the goddamn name. I said, you're not, it's, I think it's, I think it's bullshit, but. What I would do is take these, and then what you do is you mail those 12 photos that you have. You only have to print 400 and mail to them, or even, you know what, there's a phone number. Mm-hmm. Give them a call. I, I think it's bullshit. I don't think it's, I think it's real, but give it a shot. It's called Google, I think. <laughs> and it's, they're right there. Like, I can't, there's just 12 of them. Like, there's only 12. Yeah. And so he wrote me back. He said, You're such an asshole. I'm like, Good luck. <laughs> and that was, so he's, he's still working to this day. So, that's awesome. yeah, you know, because it's just like really, you know, after, you know, so that's kind of my tough love. The people sometimes yeah, yeah but you also paid your dues enough sure. to be a little bit of a dick a little bit you know yeah because i can't walk people into things and if the people are worth it i will i'll go look yeah. i'm gonna hook you up for something because it'd be great you know because you're just so good and it, it's not worth that but when there's somebody new show me what you've done first look i've called all these people no one's answering i've done this and i go fuck okay you've done it all right here let me make a phone call you know what i mean but long you got to show me that you've at least put your shoes on tied both up yeah. you know and you've walked out the door to like shake a hand don't just phone me and it's not because you know, you'll never survive, as you know, in this business is so ruthless. I mean, I've seen so many amazing acts that they should be there yeah. and they're not just because of who you know and what what you don't know. And just, it's, you know, it's, it's timing. It is lightning in a bottle. You know, it is timing and and all that stuff. And it's it's who you know. And it's also being nice to people. I, I tell everybody, just be nice. Don't yes. be amazing and don't be shitty. Yes. Just be nice. That's the hardest thing for anyone to ever do I don't get it, yeah. is be nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I tell everybody. Just be nice. That, I'm not expecting much. Just be nice. You know, and yeah. that's the goal in my life, just to be nice, you know, because it's easy to be amazing. I can be amazing for 10 minutes. I can be mm-hmm. shitty for 10 minutes, too. Mm-hmm. But to be nice, is whew, that's that's hard, you know. Yeah. So, for anybody. No, I agree. I, I'm glad that you said that because mm-hmm. I think it's 100. Well, you said two things, showing up mm-hmm. and being nice. Yeah. Two keys. That will, that will be a decent yeah. person. Yeah. And show the fuck up. Totally. Like, and show up with at your best. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, the best you can do for that at moment. That day. Because everyone has shitty days. I've, I've had those times in my life. I mean, I put myself in $48,000 of credit card debt in my late 20s because I wanted to make it. Yep. And I was sleeping on Lefty's futon for eight years. He's in, in his office, honest to God, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, I worked my way out of that. Yeah. And then I bought a house, and then Lefty was lucky enough to come live with me. And then he's got his own house now. So life has those things, you know what I mean? And, and I melted all those credit cards down after I paid them off because I want to put them in a box frame. So when I have my first million dollars in the bank, I'm going to put that above and go, it can be done, you know, because you, it, it's, it's a journey and it's okay if it's a shitty day. Yeah. You're supposed to have that because then when it's a great day, you know when it's a great day. If you don't know what a shitty day is, then you don't know what a great day is. So yeah. That's the way I look at things. Yeah. No, it's a great, I, was, I think when I was younger, I thought every day was supposed to be a great day. Yeah, of course. And if I, it wasn't, my expectations were. And so then I just get depressed. Of course, yeah. We all do, right? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. I told you it's a shitty life, you know, <laughs> exactly, like it's yeah. so, but yeah, yeah. you, you kind of live on the planet long enough. I think it balances mm-hmm. out where, yeah, you've had your ass kicked enough totally. or you've been overly amazing and it, you know, it's terrifying to people. And then you kind of rein it back in the middle, mm-hmm. which, you know, it seems just meeting you. That's mm-hmm. very much where you are. And mm-hmm. Um, your hard work kind of exudes from you mm. and like where you've been and but also your confidence in your talent you know mm. like 
just, I try. Yeah. You got to have a bit of both, you know. Yeah. I'm nervous every time I walk on stage. I'm I always am insecure, like all of us, you know. Yeah. I hide behind the hair and the glasses and these weird outfits, you know, because that's my mask. You know, everyone has their thing, you know, yeah. and that makes me feel comfortable. You know, if you come to my house anytime, you see me with a baseball cap on. I won't shave in a robe until I leave the house, because that's that's really me. You know, that really who I, who I am at home. And I'm fixing my car, walking my dogs, cleaning the pool. You know, I'm, I do my own yard maintenance. You know what I mean? But when I come out, yeah, it's a whole character thing, like the people I grew up with, the Lucia Balls and Liberace's. You know, because it was a show. Yeah. It was an act, and it's good because you can hide behind that, you know, and, and have a little protection between who you really are. Yeah. And the person you're trying to sell a little bit, you know. So. Yeah, it's your superhero outfit. Mm -hmm. Well, so Lefty is here. Yes, he is. The amazing Lefty. You're, God, it's such a, an amazing duo. It's like uh, Lucille and e Ethel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. It's true. Yeah, you're right. That's great. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and I know you guys brought some magic mm -hmm. tricks. So. Is that something that you're interested in? I'll do it. Doing? Sure. I don't care. It's up to you. It's your show. I, what so. do you mean? I, I <laughs> totally boss. want you to do it. Are sure, you your trick with you. I, What? Yeah. <laughs> Serious? No, it's so yes. If you guys, if you want to do one sure. alone, or if Lefty, if you want to come on, I would love. Sure. Because I got the the Bring pleasure of seeing sure. him at the Magic Castle, but I live in Los sure. Angeles, so that's you know, yeah, the luxury. I'm so glad you guys came last night. It was such an honor having you guys there, and a pleasure. It was so much fun. Yeah. And having your wife shoot pictures. The pictures are unbelievable, Jen. I can't even tell you. Yeah. So Jen, yes, so, my wife's so talented. Oh my God, she she's did some backstage uh, fly on the wall photos. Next, Ann Leibowitz and the Herberts. Just you're unbelievable. Yeah. I mean so, that. I mean that. Yeah. Those would be at Lefty. Come on in. So, um, make yeah. Room here for you guys. So keep an. Magic. 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 Hi, Lefty. Yeah, here, no. come over here. Come over here. No, 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 no. Yeah, come on. Okay. Do you want to? Yeah. I thought you're gonna lift me up like I thought you'd be Jeff Dunn or me. <laughs> you have to sit I'm with us too. Important. No, you are. Sit. I'm right here. Can I move this table up, moving everything? You gotta be here because we're doing magic for you. Okay, I'm not you, here. Yeah. Can I move this a little bit or without? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to lose the whole. Move it. No, yes. You're perfect. Okay. Yeah. You're perfect. You're perfect. Thank perfect. you. <laughs> tell my wife that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody tell my wife that she's standing right there. So if anybody. Magic. 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 So I'm gonna do a trick here, and then I'm gonna have you do a trick. I can't wait. All right. So I can't wait. Trick here, right? Um, people always love uh, picture cards, right? Or um, or uh, um, aces and you know, we've never, no one ever picks boring cards. So um, I figured I'm gonna cut the deck a few times. These are Tropicana cards. So if you notice, they're all chopped off in the corner, so you can't use them in the casino, right? That's that's the only reason they're chopped off. Ah, that okay. A little so. secret. But I can go through the whole card, fine card like this. But the easier way to do it is if you watch this. As long as, as, long as you have a camera on the table, you can see what I'm gonna do. Do we have a camera on the table? Yeah. I'll wait. Just let me know when we're there. Thanks for being here, Lefty. No problem. I'm so pumped. You guys are my new favorite duo. <laughs> it's kind of... You guys, yeah. Okay. If I cut the deck four times, right? If I cut it once, twice, three times, and say four like that, it doesn't really matter. Let's go like this, you know, and they're all four queens like that. Isn't that weird? What? What? Magic. How did he do that? Magic. You sound like the 1130 crowd last night. Magic. Magic. We take these, the two black and two red, right? As you can see, right? And we mix them up like this. And you have to pay attention to where the colors go, all right? So uh, we got a, a black card there. You can see this. Okay. Right, somewhere here, right there. 
put one black card there, right? And then, of course, you have another black card right here. Okay. Pretty simple, right? You put that one over there. So we have two. We have a black and red, black and red, right? Pretty simple, right? So we, they're mixed up like that. So we should do it one more time. Okay, you're going to watch? Oh, here. Do you want to watch? Do you want to pick a card? So do you want to pick a card? Is the queen of hearts. All right, you see that? We're going to place the queen of hearts right here. The bottom card is, of course, the queen of diamonds. Diamonds. Right? Place that there. So you have the, what color here? Oh, Red. Red. Queen of diamonds and hearts, right? Red. Black here. So if you go like this. Okay. What? Magic. 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 What? How did you do that? You like the red or the black better, Sarah? Uh, go red. Okay. So we'll use these, all right? So do me a favor. Say, pick any card you want. Got to have a look at it. Show the camera. Don't show me, though. Can Say stop yeah, wherever you want. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it. Say stop whenever you want. Okay. Say stop whenever you want. Stop. Right there, great. Put the card down. You know what it is? Yeah. Don't forget. <laughs> forget I actually, I was like, what? Yeah, what, like, what? what, what? So I'm going to show up the deck <laughs> like so, all right? And I'm going to put the queen on the bottom and the queen on the top, okay? I'm going to try to find your card. My prediction is your card is between the two queens. Okay. That's, that's your prediction? What was your card? Uh, the five of spades. Five of spades. Not the ten of hearts, though, right? No. That would be amazing, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> that was really good, right? Yeah. But I said in between the two cards, right? Yes. Uh, what was your card again? Five of spades. Bitch. You know what? What? How did he magic? Magic. Magic. Wow. Bitch, that's crazy. Wow, that is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, this is the first right? time I'm seeing this. Yes. <laughs> I've never seen this before. <laughs> lefty, lefty, lefty. All the cards are different. Which camera should I play to? That one right there? Perfect. Magic camp's coming out. Here we go. Here we go. Do you know the five favorite words of every magician, Sarah? No, what are they? Pick a card, any card. Pick a card, any card. Take out any cards you like. Okay. Make sure you show the camera. So when you forget, can you see that? Perfect. I'm going to riffle through the cards. I want you to place your card right back on top. All right. Just so the viewers on camera three can see, that's the card she picked. When you play card games at home, how do you cut the cards? Uh, just in the middle. Right. So you place half the deck down Yep. and half the deck on top. Okay. Since I do magic, I cut the cards a special way. Yes. I'll show you. Okay. <laughs> I place some cards face up, some down, some up, some down. Okay. This is called the magician shuffle. Some people just call it sloppy. Okay. Now, I'll show you all the cards are different. You see some cards are back to front. Yep. Other cards are front to back. Some cards are even back to back. The magic happens when you give the deck a tap. Just give it a tap. Did you see what happened? Look, each and every card has now turned face up, except for one okay, card. You know what? Pull that see. card out. Is it? Is it? Yes, it is! Magic! Magic! I can't believe it worked. Yes! And that's why. I can't take it. Yes, and that's why I don't have a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should have a girlfriend.
girlfriend lining out the door. Come on. Okay. That shit gets you laid. I am right? single. I have a I 401k. I own my own house. Please. So, um. So funny story. Let me just tell you this one quick story. So uh, the fourth year I was at Magic Camp, um, (laughs) this there were there were six people in my dorm room, and one of the people in my dorm room was Adrian Brody. Stop. So when they had this portion at the camp of this magic competition, he did this incredibly theatrical thing. The magic was good, but it was all about the character. Fast forward years later, I am a partner at this restaurant lounge that's opening in Las Vegas called Cat House, Mm -hmm. and Adrian Brody comes to the opening red carpet event with his girlfriend. I walk up to him and I go, you probably don't remember me, but we went to Magic Camp together, and his girlfriend at the time goes, you went to Magic Camp? And he says... Never say that again. <laughs> so that's my funny magic camp story. Yes. Oh my god, he doesn't know what's up. He... Do you want to sit back here so you can? No, do your no, enjoy, enjoy it. I'm, Don't you want to do your drawing? We will, but you okay. can still stay right there. Awesome. You were a massive big part of the show last night, and He's all the talent in the show, just the hair. And that's not. True. If I had better hair, it would be the lefty show, but I don't have hair like that. How long so. have you guys been working together now? Oh, God. 20 years. 20 years. And how did you meet? I mean, this it's a, it's like a, if, if, if in the comedy world, it's kind of having like a, uh, yeah, your opening act and then the headliner, but you guys are, but you, you balance each other out. You really like compliment one another. So how did that? Uh, we met at a magic convention uh, on the East Coast <laughs> in a Ukrainian center. Um, playing accordion. Playing accordion. Uh, <laughs> Wearing the, the final headlining show was uh, Murray opened the show. At the time, I was working with another partner. We had a straight guy, funny guy uh, act where we wore bright color zoot suits, and we closed the show. And everyone else on the show wasn't super professional. Yeah. Um, I had seen Murray's uh, full page ads in these magic magazines, and I knew who he was, but I never met him before. And I feel like we connected on a professional level because when you're starting out, people don't realize you have to do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you're starting out, you have to figure out your own costume. You have to figure out how to edit your own music. You have to figure out how to make your own props. So your costumes. Yeah. As you get more and more well-known, you make more money, you can hire a publicist. You can hire a manager. You can hire a graphic designer. So I feel like we bonded because we both understood the grind behind the magic. As you know, being a comedian, mm-hmm. the fun part is actually going on stage and doing the material. Right. The grind of coming up with the joke or figuring out how to make it work. Once you figure out how to make it work, that's the fun part is to go out and perform. So I think we bonded over the business side of it behind the magic. So, And then we've been working together for... Uh, over 20 years. But he had a show at the Frontier, and I was in town pitching my own show, and I would go down and hang out and watch his show at the Frontier. And he's like, what do you think of this bit? Tell me what you want to think about that bit. We'll go to lunch and talk about it. And he had a stage tech in the show who had a death in the family, Mm. had to go out of town for a week and a half. And Murray's like, I don't think I'm going to be able to train somebody to learn the show in a short amount of time you know the show, you know magic. Is there any way you can step in, be my stage tech, 
And then as a bonus, why don't you do your card act? So the crafting of the lefty character, which you see now where I play this disgruntled stagehand, mm -hmm. came from me actually being his stagehand. And disgruntled. And dis disgruntled. Well, the disgruntled's easy. <laughs> that, that has grown over the years really easy. Where he's like, just pretend like you don't like me some, and I'm like, got it. Um, but, and we, we tell people, you know, in the castle, we're only doing 35, 40 minutes. In Murray's full show of an hour and 15, my character doesn't do magic till 40 minutes in, so it really builds the illusion that I am just this disgruntled stagehand. So when I finally do magic, there is an element of surprise. Hopefully the people like the magic and they think it's good, but I'm surprising you because I don't come out, as you said earlier, like David Copperfield, and I'm not like Shazam and making the hand motions, similar to Cardini, who I also grew up watching. When you watch my character, it's like the magic's happening to me. And I'm as surprised at the audience as opposed to so many magicians come off very aloof and they're like, look how amazing I am and I'm fooling you. I'm like, I can't believe it either. Mm -hmm. So. Take that in. <laughs> I'm gonna Sarah's like I got nothing. I got no, nothing. I no. It's it's. I was actually really into because I was thinking even even just the 35 40 minute show when you came out. One, uh, I, I yeah, because I didn't do nothing. But even when there wasn't that much time before you did a magic trick, right? But even that little amount of time, I was still surprised. And people, that you and, did. and when you referred earlier to when things go wrong, I think now because our characters are so defined, yeah. If something does go wrong, my first reaction is to take the blame, figure out how to fix it, and his character is uh, lefty. That's why you're here. Fix it. Mm -hmm. So if something does go wrong in his show, our characters at this point are so defined, mm -hmm. even though later, after the show, he'll be like, dude, I wanted to pick it up, but you know, it would be weird if I... And I understand what my role is. He understands what his role is. So, so many times because we've been working together for so long and it's so defined, it's easy to get through a problem. Yeah. And because so much of his magic is based in the comedy world, mm -hmm. as you said, in magic, we have the element of you don't know what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. So if something does go wrong, you don't know. I mean, I remember doing a kid's show once and I was in the middle of a trick and it wasn't set right. And I looked at the audience and they go, I don't think you're ready for this trick. So we're going to come back to this later until you're really quiet and you're ready. And I put it away mm -hmm. because it wasn't ready. Then I reset it and was like, are you ready to see that trick again? And then I brought it back out. And people thought that was part of the routine. But because they had never seen what I was doing before or the show before, I just kind of played it off. Yeah. And you made it a bunch of little kids' fault. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I like how you did that. Yeah, just always blame the kids. Blame They'll the never kids. know. That's, that's my bumper sticker on my car. It says, blame the kids. So. They're shitting themselves. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I actually had a show once where I had a small table, and I had a tablecloth my mom made with some gold magical uh, ribbon around the edge. And halfway through the show, a kid stands up and he goes, there's a little man under the table. And this is because at the time they had that Mr. Toilet Bowl commercial where the guy was it going down the toilet. Mm -hmm. So he's like, there's a little man under the table. I'm telling you, hand to God, the second half of the show, this kid stood under the table. And every time I would finish the trick, I'd go, did you see the little guy? And he stood under the table and watched the show under the table. Oh, yeah, I've seen it all. Seen it all. 
Magic, magic. magic. <laughs> like, do you squeeze a lemon in that little kid's eye? Like, I, 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 shut up! I, shut I, up! I wanted to. Yeah. I definitely wanted to. Yeah. Oh, imagine. Do you get that with adults, too? That, like, oh, they're trying, like, or, you know, in crowds, like, oh, adult. I see a string or some bullshit yes. that you just yes. punch them in the neck. Yeah, I, just go, I see your string. So it's, <laughs> it's just. Damn punch. Back ass, Pull it. Back ass, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And as That's you know awesome. from doing comedy, you have to be, you're walking a tightrope when you do get a heckler. Yeah. Because sometimes you have to analyze if you say something back, will that shut them up? Or sometimes if you say something back to the wrong person, it will egg them on. Yeah. Or sometimes it's best just to ignore it. Mm -hmm. Because then if you acknowledge one heckler, now someone else thinks, uh-oh, let me say something too. And we always joke, we're like, you do realize we've done 100,000 shows without you. <laughs> it's not like the show's not going to work if you're not here. Yeah. And, they, and some people, I would say half the people that are yelling stuff out, yeah. genuinely think they're helping. Uh, yes. Like you say something and they think they have to be, you know, they're supporting you. Or then you have the one guy or girl in the group who thinks, well, I'm funny with my friends. And as you know, very different than being funny on stage in front of people. Yeah. I mean, I do a different show in Vegas where I host a late night magic show and it's dirty and vulgar. And there's a lot of times where someone will yell something out and I'll be like, here, you want to try? I'm like, no, that's why I'm up here. I get fucking paid to do this because what? you think with your friends you're kind of funny. And then if if I if you were to go on stage for an open mic and you were to try to be that funny guy with your friends, yeah, not so funny. And they think it's funny because they know you. Yeah. But as you know, when you go out, people have no idea who you are. Yeah. You have to grab them right away. You don't have half an hour or an hour, you know. And I always say with like comedians like a Seinfeld. When he comes out on stage, people are there to see him. Mm -hmm. He can do a five-minute joke with the punchline at the end, and people are like, oh, he's going to tell us a story, and it's going to be funny at the end. Uh -huh. As you know, if they don't know who you are, if you don't hit them right away, you've lost them. And First it's very seconds. Hard, yep. Very hard to And that's why in the show now, Murray does that amazing visual costume change. So good. Because he sets the bar right away yep. to go, bam, something visual. People go, he's a magician. Magic, 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 magic. That could be our new theme song. You so you know what? You no, here, stay there. Okay. I have an idea. I'm going to have you. No, we're still going to do it because okay. we have to. We, we auction it off. And, yeah, and yeah. so. Um, but I'm going to have you do it. I'm going to have you guys draw one another. Okay. I do this every fucking episode. And nobody cares about my drawings. Okay. But they would care about your okay. drawings. Okay. Yeah. So did so I don't know if you heard me explain it a little I did. bit. It's really I did. simple. You can't fuck it up. I'm How excited. about that? Yes. Well, you yeah. If I can, I will. You can't, I promise. So take any color, whatever you want. We can't, no rules. I can't see what you're drawing, can I? So you. So how does it work then? So you draw. Situation. You draw. I can't look at this, right? Yeah. So lefty, you'll draw Murray. Murray, you'll draw lefty. Okay. And, I can and basically, you look down at the. I got it. It's all good. We got it. You do one too. Yeah, I'll do it. So, uh, so yeah, then you guys draw one another, but you. Can... I can't look at the canvas. No. Not even once. Once. You one time. One time. When do I look? When I'm drawing Whenever or right. Whenever you the... want. Oh, I see. Whenever you want. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's just kind of how you perceive one another yep get the hair right <laughs> perceive one another it doesn't have to it won't be perfect it's just a little freeing exercise that's all okay yeah that's all a little extension of both of your creativity i got no black markers so. <laughs> you know, you know, you're gonna have orange hair i'm going with signature blue 
It doesn't even. I'm going to pick green. Neither one of you are green. Perfect. I don't know why I'm perfect. holding it up if I can't look at it. I mean, it's just. Yeah, go on. I know. It, it's usually, it takes just a short amount of time. Do it however well, you want to do it. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. I apologize already. Don't apologize. Let me add something in the mix that's going to piss you off. Let me ask you a question. So, the name of the podcast is not cool. I asked all this of my guests, right? Yeah. Because people look at you, you're from magicians, a comedian. You're like, uh, that's the coolest shit I've ever seen. Uh-huh. So what's what's the most not cool thing about Lefty? What's the most not cool thing about you, man? Oh, well, I can answer mine. But... About it. You can go first. Not cool thing about me. <laughs> not, I guess one of the not cool things about me is my parents had a ranch, and I became really good at horseshoe playing, and I was a champion in horseshoes. I can't take one more. Me the accordion <laughs> the ukrainian dancing i'm surprised i even got laid or even found a wife she's blind but that's okay uh, i mean what horseshoes you imagine what your boyfriend he plays horseshoes he's got a champion horseshoe player how did you can't brag though. about that like ever like that's that's not it's like horseshoes like i mean really it's right down by cro- croquet and you know we bocce. played horseshoes growing up though. yeah of course no no it's yeah we had a ranch and all that so you do but i mean I mean, it's actually kind of cool. I'm t- if I were, if maybe we, in Kentucky, I might have had a shot, but you know, yeah, maybe, yeah, actually, Vancouver, I'm like, Canada, I mean, <laughs> I might, you know. you're kind of a catch in yeah, Kentucky right? if you can play fucking that sounds like a show. Yeah, in Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> catch in, There's a reality like a show, dating show, yeah, catching Kentucky. See, write it down, God. copyright that. Let's go. I, I would say the most not cool thing is probably being a magician. Come on, well, I, it's a, it, it's interesting because it's wonderful to see how enamored and how fascinated you are with magic and as an adult and especially as a fellow entertainer it's so wonderful to get that appreciation but one year they did a listing of entertainment categories and magicians were under dog acts and a lot of times when you go into a room where people say oh you're a magician they're like oh like a clown or they think birthday party magician they don't understand the skill and the practice and the dedication it takes to get to the level of where somebody like Murray is at, if that makes sense. You know, when you, when you play the violin, I always use this analogy, when you play the violin, you can look at the violin, you can start sweating, and you can be very intense. Mm-hmm. In magic, it is the complete opposite. The harder something is to do, the easier I have to make it look. If Murray was on stage doing something, sweating his ass off, stressed, it would be weird. Mm-hmm. Instead, he is doing something like the newspaper. Mm-hmm. He takes a newspaper, tears it up slowly, restores it piece by piece. You look at it and go, it was so slow and simple, not realizing how difficult it is. And most people, when they do the trick that he does at the end of his show, they do it quick because it's easier. It's twice as hard to do it the way Murray's doing it, doing it slow, piece by piece. But the way he does it with the music, it's so beautiful, and it looks effortless, but it's taking years to get to that point. Keep going. (laughs) Because Murray is magic, magic, magic. Oh, Jesus, people. (laughs) Okay. It's such a weird experience. I've never done Isn't it Isn't it kind of crazy? I know. It, it's it's funny because most, all not every one of my guests so that I've been weird. on have like had a, whether like they're. Playing but not looking. <laughs> I'm done. And you know what? That's, I think I'm once good. you I see mine, good. you'll understand of how all right. it does I only looked down once. 
I didn't look down at all. That lefty, that's really good. (laughs) That's your hat. That's your hat on top. (laughs) That's not bad. That's not bad. You guys, it's like looking in a mirror. Is it not for you too? Wow. Yeah, that's your arms, neck. Little destroy cards. Are those, are those I thought those were abs, or is that those like are your three nipples? Your three nipples. <laughs> <laughs> in your hat, you have like a safety pin through your nice. head. That's not bad. I thought he had little coke glasses with ice in around him. I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. cool, 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 cool. Right. I like your imagination. Yeah, here's <laughs> mine. Mine looks not like either one of I you. I love it. Do you see what I'm saying? It's very Picasso. The left is very Picasso-like. It, do you see what I'm I, saying? I think my, I think my I ear is it. my nose. There you like go. That. It might be that. the microphone, Lefty. Did you, I don't wait, know. did you lift your pen up or you kept it down the whole time? I lifted it up okay. once I was done with Murray and then I went to I here. remember seeing some program or something where someone did something similar where you have to not look, but you can't lift the pen up. Yeah. And that's another example. So. Yeah, it's just like I said, my background is in visual arts. And that's, that's where I, I love that. got into performing arts, just much yeah. like Murray and probably much like. <laughs> well, and that's something when I started performing. No magic cam, but. Uh... Scuba diver. When so I, then I was like, you know. <laughs> when I started performing, I wanted to travel the world doing magic. And my thought process was if I spoke, if I got to a country where English wasn't the first language or they didn't speak English at all, I couldn't work there. So one of the reasons why my act is silent to music is because my theory was. Anywhere I go, they'll understand what I'm doing. So I spent a couple of years watching old film of Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, Fatty Arbuckle, the Keystone Cops, and I realized they can tell a story without words. So when you watch me, it's very visual. I have hyperextended expressions because I'm not speaking. Mm -hmm. But as you said, visually, I look at things very differently I have an art background as well, so I'm always putting together pictures and looking at it going, okay, if I were to take a picture like Jen, what would that be? You know, magic. growing up. Magic, magic, magic. When we do photos, and I'm sure <laughs> Jen knows this, one of my favorite comic, uh, comic strips growing up was uh, Family Circus yeah. because it was one frame. It was one image with a line. So I always go for a magician. When A lot of times when you do a photo... How do you sell magic in one shot? Mm-hmm. Is it someone sawed in half? Is it someone floating? How do you get that across in one image? Because it has to be very visual, you know? So, Artistry, man. Artistry. Artistry. I know. Well, where can, for people listening, watching, watching, for your fans, for people who have never seen you, where can they find you individually and together? And what's up next for you? For my one fan, you know <laughs> who you are, um, I will... Uh, I'm the guest act in Murray's show at the Tropicana inside the Laugh Factory, and his show is at 4 p.m. four days a week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. God. And I'm uh, I'm online YouTube. I have a big YouTube channel, pranks and stuff. I do. It's Magic Murray on YouTube, and I have my show at Tropicana um, with Lefty, of course, my guest act. I also do a show called Fantasy at the Luxor nightly. It's a topless review show, which is super cool. And I do the comedy spot there. And I'm also on Master of Illusion on CW every Saturday night, and on Pawn Stars weekly as a historian. And uh, and I just had my comedy special come out about four we- eight weeks ago on Tubi called It's Gone uh, in Las Vegas. So, so there you go. So cool. It's the first video on your YouTube page. So mm-hmm. just, all you got to right. do is just push it. And away we go. And away free. We go. Download away we go. it for free. Tubi. Yeah. 
Julie. Thank, Thank you, you both so much. I think we're going to end on our favorite song. Here we go. Magic, 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 magic. Hey, everybody. You want more Not Cool? Then go to Instagram and subscribe to Not Cool Pod and or on my own personal page, which is Sarah Highland Rosenstein. And to watch the full videos of the podcast, subscribe to the Comedy Store channel on YouTube. And please don't forget to rate and review and, of course, subscribe. Thanks for listening and watching, you guys. Stay not cool.